0: Grace and peace to you from him who is, who was, and who's coming. Amen. Word of God inspiring our meditation this morning is from our second lesson, 1 Thessalonians 5, 6. So then let us not sleep like everyone else, but rather let us remain alert and sober. This is the word of the Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let's start today with a truth that is really just wonderful and amazing, but that few of us think about anywhere near enough. God wants every one of us, every man, woman, and child ever, God wants every one of us to be with Him. That was his plan from the beginning, and his desire for that fellowship and presence has never changed. Now we can pretty much only imagine what it was like when his initial plan was still in place, when Adam and Eve walked with him in perfect love, joy, and holiness in the Garden of Eden. And while Scripture, especially in the book of Revelation, does give us some glimpses of the plan B life with God, first with the departed saints living in heaven, and and then in the new heavens and new earth that believers will inhabit after Christ's second coming, well, there is still a lot that our imaginations will have to fill in until we get there. Still, there is more than enough that we know so that we can be certain that what God wants is also what we want, what any person should want. We want to be forever in the presence of the One who arranged all of creation and all of history to have us with Him. We want to be perfect people living in a perfect world. We want joy to not just be something deep in our hearts, but also something in our limbs and on our lips all the time. We want to be with the One who only wants what's best for us and gives it to us, And also, we want to be with all the other people who only want what's best. We want to be where love defines every relationship and where peace characterizes every event, interaction, and adventure. And of course... We want to be where all the troubles of sin and imperfection can never reach or disturb us. No tears, no toil, no grieving, no grumbling, no anger, no envy, no death, no danger, no creeps, no crooks, no pain, no problems. Now naturally, Skeptics will suggest that this is all just wishful thinking on on a grand societal scale. The whole idea of a joyful afterlife is is just made-up nonsense meant to comfort people who are frightened or or are grieving death. They, they pretty much say that all our ideas about God are made up too, and while it turns out that They are the ones simply wishing things to be so, not us. It is worth mentioning that ideas of heaven are not exclusive to Christianity. Pretty much every culture and society throughout history, throughout the world, has looked forward to something after death. And that is by design. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we are told that God has put eternity in the hearts of the children of Adam. So that puts everyone roughly on the same page with our Creator. We want what He wants, to be with Him in a perfect world without pain. But none of us have that right now. It's pretty clear that the lives we are living now are anything but perfect and that the world we live in is not paradise. There's, there's never been a problem with God's, but there is a huge problem with our wanting. Our first parents didn't appreciate the paradise they had in God's presence. And so they decided that they wanted something that He didn't want them to have. Knowledge of evil. They got it in spades. And death came with it. And ever since, we humans have been wanting and taking things that are contrary to what God wants for us. And it's no surprise that we end up with more evil more death. We keep on doing it even though every sin puts us farther and farther from the paradise that we really want to live in. And it's even worse than that. Our sinful choice to reject God's authority and His goodness means that His justice and holiness require Him to do what He would rather never do. Send the offenders to hell, to the place of eternal torment intended for the devil and his angels, never intended originally for any of us. So so that face-saving lie that you wanted to tell, that hurtful insult that you really wanted to hurl at a family member, That prime time you wanted to spend on pleasures instead of with the Scriptures. That inconvenient law you wanted to break. That impure sensual urge you wanted to satisfy. That out-of-control anger you wanted to indulge. That enticing and unguarded item you wanted to take for your own. Well, all of it every sin that put your will up against God's earned you damnation, which is not what you want. And it's not what God ever wanted either. And so, to get what He did want, a renewed fellowship with perfect people, He made a plan. He appointed us for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He told Eve that one of her descendants would defeat Satan who had tempted her and whose hateful desire had been to destroy us and separate us from our loving Creator. And God promised and promised and promised His people some more that this Savior and this victor would come and take away the sins of all the world by offering Himself as an atoning sacrifice. And that is what happened with the manger, with the cross, with the empty tomb. The Son of God took on human flesh as Jesus, the Son of Mary. And He lived and obeyed and suffered and died and then rose again to give us what He wanted. Forgiveness for all our sins. Uh, His own righteousness to be our own. And with that new perfection, eternal life and a place with Him in paradise. And all that is necessary for what He wants and you want to be what you actually have is trust. No great deeds, no sacrifices, no proofs of sincerity. Believe in Jesus and all that He has done for you, and heaven is yours. But we don't live there yet. We still have lives to live. God leaves His people here on earth to serve Him and serve their neighbors. And as long as we breathe this world's air we still have to deal with this world's troubles and with the challenges that our own sinful flesh constantly confronts us with. But this situation, this life, won't last forever. Jesus is coming back. And basically the last thing that He says to His church in the last book of the Bible is, I am coming soon. His message to His disciples in the last days before His crucifixion was the same. And our Gospel today is is from that time and, and makes it clear. Christ is coming. And when He comes, all the people of the earth will be gathered before Him and He will pass judgment. Those who belong to Him in faith, He will take with Him to paradise. And those who have rejected His grace through unbelief will be sentenced to hell without Him. Though that day is just around the corner, it's possible we might not be alive to see it. The Lord may take us in death before then, perhaps suddenly, in which case our destiny will be clear sooner than judgment day. So we come back to what God wants and what we want. He wants us to be ready when Christ comes or when we die, whichever comes first. And we want to be ready too because we all want to be with Him forever in paradise. And being ready is not about checking items off on a bucket list. Not about having certain experiences or reaching a certain age. It is only and wonderfully about having faith in Jesus as your Savior. Keep on trusting Him. Not yourself, not any other God or person or religion or philosophy. Believe in Him. And when He calls, He will take you home to heaven. And so we have the warnings and the encouragements that are in our readings and verse today. Wake! Awake! Be alert! Keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. Let us not sleep like everyone else, but rather let us remain alert and sober. Why are we told this and these and so many other places throughout Scripture? Why? Because watchfulness matters. We want, we need to be ready with faith when we are called out of this world into the next. The consequences of not being ready, of being caught unaware, unappreciative, unrepentant, and unbelieving, those consequences should be unthinkable to us. But they are real. They are dire. And they are everlasting. Probably every one of us knows that person, or is, or has been that person who responds to others' wake-up calls, reminders, and encouragements with "I'm up! I'm up! Enough already!" and then goes back to sleep, or with. Yeah, I know, I know, I've got plenty of time. Just let me finish this up first. And then it's late for class or work. Or with, they'll wait for me. This is more important. And then misses the ride, the appointment, or the date. That's bad enough when it happens with our day-to-day responsibilities. But it is an immeasurable and eternal tragedy if it happens with our spiritual responsibilities. And it is easy enough to sit and listen to a sermon on watchfulness on a Sunday morning and say, oh, that'll never be me. I will always be ready for Jesus to return. But the reality is that Satan, the sinful world, and your own sinful nature conspire to leave you unready. So it is wise to consider all the ways that people fail at being watchful. Might you be in danger of being in one of these categories? Not necessarily today, but maybe tomorrow? Perhaps most common among self-proclaimed Christians are, are people who know God's law and gospel well enough, but are just too busy to give Jesus any thought or attention. They just take it for granted that their faith will be there for them tomorrow, even if they do nothing to nurture or maintain it today. And then there are those people who make a somewhat opposite error and and concern themselves so much with being ready that they put all of their confidence in how good and holy they are. And how worthy of Christ's reward when He returns. They lose sight of the gospel entirely and put their faith in themselves instead of holding tight to Jesus' cross. And then there are those who will be unprepared because they are complacent about the world, who assume who, that everything's good and perhaps even getting better. And so they don't see any reason to look for danger or take warning of disaster. And others will be unready because they just assume that everything about the world is bad and always will be bad. So they don't see any reason to prepare for the possibility of anything worse, like death or Judgment Day. Some are unready for Christ's return because they are unserious. Life is only about fun for them. And since matters of life and death and eternity are, well, a downer, they just don't think about such things. And then there are those who see problems in their lives, in the world, and try to escape from them into alcohol, drugs, sex, or entertainment so that they never have to deal with reality, temporal or spiritual. And there are others who do basically the same thing by getting so engrossed in or engaged with their careers or families or politics or making money or celebrity or some worthy cause that they will never hear or see the warnings that tell them to get ready because Christ is coming. There are plenty of other ways that people miss being ready. Logistical, theological, philosophical, spiritual. But none of them, none of them will count as good excuses when death or Christ's return calls time on your life. And your faith in Him needs to be presented and credited as righteousness. So, don't be any of those people. Be watchful Christians every day and moment of your life, because we do not know when He will return, but it will be soon. And the way, the way to keep your faith in Jesus always active, always effective, and always relevant is simple, though your sinful nature will fight to keep you from it. The way is to feed it and exercise it. Fill up on the means of grace through which the Holy Spirit does His work in you. Read and study your Bible. Hear the Word in worship. Remember your baptism. Receive the Lord's body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. Be encouraged by your brothers and sisters in Christ and encourage them in return. And keep in mind that being filled with the Spirit is not, is not like filling the tank of your car and, and not doing anything with it again until it's just about empty. Oh, no, instead, it's like being the pool at the bottom of a waterfall that is always overflowing, constantly being freshly filled with what is pure, clean, and life-giving. That, that is how we remain ready. And while keeping ready, we keep watch. We long for the day when suddenly our King and Savior appears in the clouds, coming with the hosts of heaven, because that will be the day He takes us and all believers with Him and gives us a new home in a new heavens and new earth. Neither we nor God want us to be surprised and unprepared when Christ comes. His people will be alert and ready. Because He does not want us shut out of heaven. He wants us with Him in it. God did not appoint us for wrath, but for obtaining salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that we may live together with Him. That's what we want too. So then let us not sleep like everyone else, but rather let us remain alert and sober. Watchfulness matters. Be ready. Amen. Please rise. May the God of peace Himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, both soul and body, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.